Welcome to Parenting the Intensity, where we'll talk all about how we can drop the general parenting advice that doesn't work with our emotionally intense kids anyway, and let go of the unrealistic expectations society puts on us as parents. Together, we'll find solutions and ideas that work for you and your kids. Chances are, deep down, you know what they need, but you need a little encouragement to keep going on harder days and permission to do things differently and help you fully trust that you already are a wonderful parent to your exceptional but challenging kids. Welcome to the podcast. Today is day two of the episode with Elizabeth Yarnell from the Inflammation Academy. Um, Last episode, we talked about food sensitivities and inflammation that can cause emotional intensity. And that included adapting um, the way kids eat which and family heat, heat, which can be very challenging when you're already busy and have kids that are very intense. And Elizabeth has a solution for us, and it's all in her cookbook. So we'll talk more about that cookbook uh, today. So let's do this. (laughs) Talking of time, yeah, I know you have a cookbook that, like, I read the title and I was like, "Mm, I might need that one (laughs) because... Yeah, it so this very was, good. <laughs> this was something I developed. Um, it's called Glorious One Pot Meals. And I needed because I have MS and I needed a way to eat healthier on a more regular basis. And fatigue is a hallmark of autoimmune conditions like mm-hmm. MS. And when I started to learn how to cook and taking cooking classes and watching the Food Network and experimenting in the kitchen, it was just exhausting. Everything seemed to take hours using every pot and pan in the kitchen. And, yeah, it and takes then afterwards, isn't more time to clean than it takes to cook. <laughs> the cleanup was horrendous. And sometimes it wouldn't work out. So um, I actually, I call myself an accidental inventor. I was <laughs> watching a um, infomercial late one night in the days before we had cable TV when we only had three channels. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> remember back those and uh, this guy comes on and he says, look, I can, you can make your whole dinner in this one countertop appliance. And he puts in dry rice and a can of tomatoes. And then he puts a metal grate, like a barbecue grill type grate over it. And he puts chicken breasts and another metal grate. And then he puts brownies on the top, covers the whole thing in a dome, plugs it in and turns it on. And I thought, wow, that's brilliant. I want to make my whole meal in one appliance too, but I don't have that countertop appliance. I don't have any of those metal grates and I don't really care about the brownies. (laughs) And so what I did have was I had just received a little cast iron Dutch oven as Mm -hmm. a wedding gift. And um, I didn't know what to do with it. I'd never had a pot like this before. Um, but yeah, it's the kind I of pretty over... things you receive as a wedding gift, <laughs> as a wedding gift, and you're like, I'll just put it on this shelf here. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty in my kitchen. <laughs> um, but I went over to my oven and I thought, well, maybe that kind of top of plants he was using was pretty hot. So I cranked up my oven to 450 degrees, and then I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna kind of go like what he did in terms of layer the foods in, even though I don't have any dividers. 
I'm just going to layer in and I had frozen fish fillets in my freezer and some fresh vegetables and herbs and I layered them in and put the lid on it and put it into my 450 degree really, really hot oven. And in 45 minutes, it just smelled like dinner. Great. And that's how easy it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you have one pot. Um, one pot, a cutting board, a knife, and that's basically it. <laughs> and that's it. And you can do it with any, any foods and you can um, totally create any meals you want. I mean, I have 150 recipes or so in the cookbook, mm -hmm. um, but I, I look at them and I freely talk about in the cookbook, like, oh, if you don't want to make this, let's say, um, uh, with uh, one of the most popular recipes for kids is is sweet and spicy um, pork. Well, let's say you don't want to make it with pork. Oh, no, it's um, honey and spice pork. Maybe you don't want to make it with pork, but you can make it with chicken. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Just switch any protein for any protein. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't like the taste of cinnamon, which is the spice part in this meal. Then great, just leave it out. Just make mm -hmm. a honey-basted chicken. Mm -hmm. um, you can put in any combination of fresh frozen or canned foods into the same pot and it doesn't take any longer to cook they all still cook perfectly the mm. same amount of time I call it infusion cooking um, because when if you take it out too early um, nothing's cooked enough but if you leave it until three minutes after the aroma escapes your oven and comes to find you in your house that's your three minute warning and then you pull it out, everything will be cooked to perfection. The veggies will be crispy and cooked. The meat will be totally done. And you can even do pasta and rice and things like that. And they will be perfectly cooked. You meant even like the, the meat can be frozen when you put that in. The only That's... thing you can't put in is um, bone in. So as long as it's boneless. Yeah, because this is bone, it, it takes way longer to the bone takes unfroze. Too yeah, yeah. But that's kind of honestly mind blowing. I don't I, I'm sure I'm not alone. Like you have to make dinner, but you forgot to unfroze something. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that happens at least once a week over here. <laughs> exactly. And then you need to switch your plan for dinner and you're like, shoot, I forgot to unfroze this or that. <laughs> for me too. For me too. And so I freeze things in portion sizes. So one chicken breast and not a massive chicken breast, just like a five, six ounce tops chicken breast. So might have to cut the chicken breast in half, depending on boneless, skinless, um, fish fillets, all these things. I freeze them individually in, um, in my freezer and then I can pull them out and I can say, oh, I'm feeding two people or three people or four people. And I put in yeah. four chicken breasts, depending on And then I might need a larger Dutch oven, but I, of course, I have like 15 Dutch ovens. Um, so. <laughs> After all that, that, I don't know who gave you that gift, but it was a very nice gift. <laughs> and you can see in my book, I, I, I give gratitude to the, my friends who gave us that gift and they know it changed not only my life, but 70,000 people have bought my book. Wow. And so it's changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah, that's nice. And it's, it's, uh, I love the idea and how easy it is because I, I, I find like it's so hard as parents to find a time to really cook the meal like from scratch. And often we don't have time. And when we have kids that are more demanding, it's even like it's another layer of not having the time or energy to cook something. So 
I know for lots of people, when you start talking about food sensitivities and changing diets, it's like, I don't want to listen because I, that means too, too much job. You know? <laughs> it's true. It's true. So for a family of your size, which is five people, you'd want a five quart Dutch oven, which lucky for you is the most common size and the least expensive one that you can I, get. I think I already have one in my. <laughs> you already pantry. have one. That's I would have. To, I don't know exactly the size, but it's like the oval ones. Like, yeah. Yeah. They yes. used to sell so, it at IKEA back in a few years back. I don't know if yes. they still do, but yeah. You want to make sure it's cast iron, not ceramic, because okay. cast iron has different heat conduction properties and ceramic won't work as well. Okay. Um, but yes, so you just add, instead of 45 minutes, I think it's for a five quart, it's somewhere around an hour, so mm -hmm. 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. But you don't touch it that whole time. As soon as you put it in the oven, you hands off, yeah, no yeah. touching, you no do, opening the oven, nothing. You can take care of the homework. You can <laughs> go play Get with baths, the kids. You can do anything is. you need to do. Go load of laundry, anything you need Maybe to do. Maybe have a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's great because it's like the, the cooking time is one thing. It's the prep time that often takes us a long time. Right, yeah. right. So, and there's so many easy ways, like you can get the baby carrots, they're already peeled and they're already small and you can literally just chop them in half and throw them in the pot. You can get frozen vegetables. Frozen organic vegetables are just as good as yeah. fresh vegetables are already cut. They're already peeled. They're ready to go. Just shake the bag into the pot. Yeah. You know and even I mean? in winter, I know he, over here, vegetables are coming from so far south that often frozen is better in winter because they're they picked up like three weeks before they arrived to us. <laughs> so the nutrients are ridiculously low. So uh, like the test that were made is that frozen ones are better in winter most of the time than fresh ones because they're not fresh at all. <laughs> well, and that's what a great reminder. You're so far north yeah. um, that that is true. And even for me, I'm in Colorado, not as far north as you are. But even here, I mean, we don't we don't grow year round. No, so yeah, it may, like, not if it's not coming, yeah, if it's not coming for that far, I guess it's not that bad. But when it's coming from another country, most of the time, like there is nowhere in Canada where we grow food in winter. It's too cold right. everywhere. Like there are some places that are colder than others, but it's too cold to grow anything unless it's like inside. There's a little bit of it, but not lots of it, you know, so not enough to feed everybody. That's for sure. No. And so, so really um, my goal with my cookbook is to unleash your creativity and allow you to create any meal out of whatever you have on hand. It's really the technique that's important. And once you <laughs> learn the technique, now you have it in your back pocket and you can just yeah. whip it out and do it anytime. Yeah. And it, I really love the idea of that. You still have that creativity in, in the kitchen, even if you need to restrict some some food, because that's a big, big thing. Like it's I, I'm not a very creative cook, but my husband is. And that's that can be very like disappointing when you need to like you're like, I cannot use this, 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 this. But how am I going to cook anything interesting? You know? <laughs> yeah. So you have to really dig deep and, and look around and and hopefully read some of the other recipes and get some inspiration. Yeah. And another thing I like to do is have the kids be involved because this is something that is so easy. I've had eight-year-olds take my cooking classes and then say, oh yeah, you know, my job is on Wednesdays. I cook for yeah, the family because my parents are divorced and my mom works late on Wednesdays or whatever it is because mm -hmm. it is so, so easy. <laughs> for sure. And, um, <laughs> 
that and if you get the kids involved and you say okay well what kind of meat would you like tonight in our dinner would you like chicken or fish or pork you know or beef or whatever it is or even tofu you can go completely vegetarian or vegan with this cooking method very very easily Mm. and on top of it you can use any kind of dairy substitute so you can like another one of the the kid pleasing recipes I have it's called glorious mac and cheese mm-hmm. and it's a macaroni and cheese made from scratch not from the um, neon colored orange powder we're another the name <laughs> not going to say the name um, made from scratch and then you fill it up with the vegetables that you like so mm-hmm. even if you can't have dairy like you can have a vegan non-dairy cheese or maybe even goat milk cheese. Mm-hmm. So I don't eat cow's milk dairy myself, but I do fine with goat's milk yeah, cheeses. And so, and now you can get goat's milk cheddar cheese, goat's milk mozzarella cheese. Uh, it's much milk. and more. It, it's pricier though, but it's much easier to find in most. But big it's city. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not better. So <laughs> oh, I'm biased. Okay. <laughs> the more expensive goat's milk cheddar versus the regular cheddar. The regular cheddar would would put me to bed for days. Yeah, yeah. It's totally worth it to me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. When when you know what's triggering your reaction, the price of it, as long as you can afford it, the price of it makes such a difference. Yeah, it's more complicated maybe, when you don't have the money, but then you can you need to avoid more things. Or maybe you don't make the macaroni and cheese, right? Yeah. Maybe you just make like more of a primavera pasta mm-hmm. primavera, which is of course another recipe I have. <laughs> where there's no cheese it's more like olive oil based with spices yeah, and vegetables yeah, yeah, and pasta sure. yeah so you have everything but tweaked so it work with the, the right and the if meta. you if you're not eating wheat you can there's rice pasta there's yeah. quinoa pasta there's so many the new even big pasta. brands now are doing non-gluten based pasta exactly yeah, it's easier and cheaper to find than it was 10 years ago for sure <laughs> Exactly. And if you go to an Asian market, all of their pastas are rice, rice. usually. Yeah. And it's very cheap compared to very uh, cheap pasta, <laughs> like gluten-free pasta are branded to be pricier than anything else, even if they're cheaper to make. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's a big thing I teach. So my programs are called the Inflammation Academy. It's all about inflammation. And this is all the information that your doctor doesn't know and that nobody told you, nobody taught us growing up mm-hmm. about what inflammation is and what triggers it and what the microbiome is and how to keep our body healthy um, because yeah. they didn't know either. And really so many things changed in the 1950s when, and the 1940s when women went to work for the war effort and then um, all of these convenience foods kind of appeared yeah. And because we didn't <laughs> have time anymore. <laughs> because we didn't want to spend our whole day in the kitchen preparing food and then cleaning up afterward, mm-hmm. which was what yeah. it was. I there was um there was a special, I know I'm totally diverging now from the topic. There was a special <laughs> uh, on PBS a number of years ago and it was called um I think Pioneer Families or something like that. And they took a couple of families and they moved them out. I covered wagon to the prairie, I think in Montana, and and they had to live for six months just as the pioneers did. Mm-hmm. And all of the women talked about how their entire day was spent cooking, preparing cleaning. the food, 
and then and then serving the food and then cleaning up from the food and then doing the laundry and their whole day was just drudgery all yeah. day yeah so yeah. it's no wonder convenience foods took over we wanted yeah. them we needed them but now we have to take a step back and and recognize that yeah it's, it might be earthing food. us yeah it might be earthing us and us. there's solution for it to not take all day that's what i love so like, all I you need to do ate, is a yeah. cast iron dutch oven <laughs> i ate cooking longer than i eat so <laughs> me too me too honestly And then, and then of course you have kids and like, it's all gulped down in five minutes and you're like, I just spent hours slaving over this food. <laughs> Nobody yeah. appreciates the chef. <laughs> Or they're telling you they don't like it. That's another problem too. <laughs> so that is another one of the deals I strike with the kids that we work with is that um, even if you're five years old, you need to understand somebody prepared the food for you. And that person deserves appreciation and respect for doing that and gratitude. And so appreciate the chef kind of becomes like a motto. And even <laughs> if you don't like it, like in my household, we had a rule. If you, um, you're not allowed to reject the food without eating three bites first. And that means three bites in the mouth and down the, down the throat. And then if you still can't stand it, then, okay, I'll make you something else. You can have something else, but Even if you're like, I had that last week and I didn't like it every time it changes. Right. And sometimes it takes more than 10 tries of a yeah. food before your taste buds accept it, recognize yeah. it. Yeah, I can say, I can say take, it took a lot more than that for me to eat mushrooms, but now I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Good example. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's always what I tell my kids when they don't want to try food. You know, I didn't like mushrooms when I was a kid, but now I do. <laughs> so we can change. Well, and- <laughs> sometimes right sometimes you find the foods that you're like oh my gosh I can't believe I didn't like this before so it's like my favorite food now yeah, yeah. and so, that's it's just, oh it's cool it's cooked too I like Brussels sprout yeah. we used to like steam them it's and it tastes like shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> sorry but it really is not good and when you cook them differently then it like it's all my kids eat Brussels sprout and lots of their friends are like you're crazy that's disgusting it's just a matter of how you cook them So that's often the case too. There's a lot of that. Oftentimes when people come through my program, they discover like, oh, you know what I realized? Coconut milk ice cream is so delicious. I don't even sure. miss dairy milk ice cream. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I like um, almond butter better than peanut butter after all. You know what I mean? Whatever that yeah. may be. Yeah. Um, They yeah, would it's the never case for even... one of my kids most prefer almond butter when we have almond butter is gonna default to that almond butter for sure <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. it's a matter so... of trying new things and diversifying our our food that we we take because we're right. so used to some things then what we need to and I, I I know how hard it can be because I add to do that like going through removing a lot of food from my own diet so it really is a struggle and at some point it can really be challenging to like have the feeling you cannot eat anything basically so I love that, that idea of like finding ways to still make it fun and enjoyable <laughs> when you exactly. need to remove lots of things from your diet exactly so if you you know if your favorite food is pizza Um, I make a really great pizza. I made probably once a week when my kids were growing up. It's 
a chickpea flour crust. I make it in a cast iron pizza pan. Um, I use um, tomato sauce on it and uh, non-dairy cheese and all sorts of things to make our pizza. Mm -hmm. And so we enjoy pizza. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different pizza than you cannot buy it in the, the freezer in the store. <laughs> well, now there now are you things, can. Yeah. Right. There's brands that you can find and if and they might be safe for you or not. Mm -hmm. Like there's one a brand called Knicknick that makes like a rice flour pizza crust. And there's other brands I've seen with called cauliflower pizza crust, things like that. Yeah. There's so many more options now yeah, than there true. used to be. Yeah, true. Then you can really ago. find substitutes yeah. for almost anything. Yeah, definitely true. It was much more complicated 10 years ago than it is now to avoid some of the food, for sure. Yeah. I used to um, bring treats in to my kids' classrooms and stock them. You know, the teacher would have like treats they would distribute. And I'm like, these are the ones when you hand out those things to the other kids, this is what my kid, because <laughs> I want him to have a treat. I don't yeah. want him to feel like he's the only one who doesn't get a treat. Of course. But he can't eat the crap that the licorice thing or whatever you're handing out with red food dye that's going to kill them they, they give that in school there <laughs> i don't, don't want to okay. throw any teachers under the bus <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know generally uh, i've never seen other things that fruits given out at school especially since like a little because of allergies and things like that i've never and seen people become much more aware of it now yeah, yeah. um but you know the parents will come in and bring cupcakes for a birthday or something yeah, and true. i'm like well you, you can't have that cupcake but here here's his supply of of cookies that are safe for him mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. he can have and it's great like it's some old made one would not stay for the school year but bought one can stay for a few months at least <laughs> well you know i resupply the cupboard too <laughs> yeah, i'm sure you don't leave them for a year <laughs> they would that's a great that it's a great tip like to have like whenever the kids go somewhere like i'm i and i know like sharing that also with other parents like i remember for one of my daughter's friend who's sensitive to lots of things um we used to make another cake like we always add like a um like crispy rice and marshmallow based cake because that was safe for her and it was crispy yeah. rice like not the store bought like the it was a non-gluten one um uh -huh. so yeah that was a safe base for her and we would find something to decorate that so we had two cakes and most of the time the kid wanted hers so <laughs> right if you're if your child is, is staying away from wheat And you know that parents bring in cupcakes for parties. You can supply Rice Krispie treats yeah. or something like that so that your kid can have a treat. Or like I remember going to the pizza parties or something and mm -hmm. I would bring a pizza for my son. Yeah. So he could still have pizza, yeah. pizza with the other kids, just not the same pizza. No, so he doesn't feel like left alone and like left aside and um, Because different. psychologically, right? Yeah. Psychologically, that's so that can be so painful yeah it is and in, it, when you already have a child that can be triggered for by like small things <laughs> you right. don't want to add that on, over and hopefully if like food is the cause that will lower the reactions and I can say I've seen it happen with some kids and I'm sure you've seen that in lots of kids <laughs> yes in fact um one of my nieces when she was little um when she would go to a birthday party without fail, 
before the party would end, she would have a complete meltdown. She was like three or four years old and just be in a tantrum and in tears. And her parents would literally have to scoop her up and take her away. And, and my sister was like, I don't know if we can go to birthday parties anymore because it's just such a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And when we tested her, it turned out that she was sensitive to chocolate. Yeah. So when she would eat the chocolate cake, she would have a meltdown half an hour later. So just by learning some small um, clues about your child. So now when they go to a party, they bring a vanilla cupcake or something for her. So she can still have a cupcake mm-hmm. and she doesn't eat the chocolate cake and she doesn't have a meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely like makes a big difference. Like once you know what can be the cause. Great. Um, just before we end, um, is there anything you wanted to add that we didn't um, touch on? Well, I think that um, it can be really tricky to figure out what's going on with inflammation in the body and how it is affecting the brain and the behavior of and the function of your child. So um, one of the things that I would like to offer anybody who's listening is I have an inflammation quiz that you can take, give yourself at least 15 minutes to sit down. It's not a quick quiz because Inflammation can show up in so many ways, but you might, you might go through this quiz and there might be things like, you're like, oh, I did not realize this was a sign of inflammation, but yes, I recognize that symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that one is at inflammationinvestigator.com. Great. We'll put that in the show notes so they can, they can go and check that out. Definitely going to test it my, me, for myself and for the kids too. <laughs> really curious. You know because it's it's hard to figure these things out on your own and then um if you're ready you can and you want to get your kiddo tested for food sensitivities or learn how to create an anti-inflammatory life and household for them um that's what the inflammation academy is all about and that website is theinflammationacademy.com got to put the the in there first theinflammationacademy.com Um, and there's a lot of different levels of solutions and depending on how serious you are about getting to the bottom of this, um, Mm -hmm. you can pick the right level or you can certainly book a time to talk with me. And I always have time to talk with people and answer any questions. Great. That's very, very fine. Um, so is there, um, so that's, is, is there any like social media where people can follow you and learn more, or it's basically on your website. That's most of the information is. Of course I'm all over social media, but I'm <laughs> terrible. If you, if you I get it. slide into my DMS, it might be months before I recognize that has happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, so email why, is better if people want to reach out emails to you. <laughs> I'm old, I'm old older than I look um, email is always better uh, and you can always email me as well from my website my website is kind of my hub of everything I do it's right. elizabethyarnell.com and I'm sure that's going to be in the show notes yes so we'll put all those Elizabeth, links in the show notes yeah elizabethyarnell.com and um And yeah, you can reach me directly through there. So much information. I have almost a thousand blog posts. So there's lots to read and learn about too. Great. So if people are like, and I would say most of the time, and I always encourage parents to follow their instinct. Like if anything that we talked about today resonate, or you're like, um, might sound, it sounds, it sounds like something I need to investigate. 
I would say trust your gut and do it. It's most of the time we're right and it might take times to find the right thing, but it's worth to pursuing when we have that gut instinct that yes, that's what's happening for me. And it might not be the only thing. There might be one more than one thing, but it might be part of the solution. So always encourage parents to to follow their instinct and on those things. So thank you very agree. much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for sharing. That was really interesting and complete information. I have to do two episodes because it's a bit long. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for being here and uh, looking forward to uh, talking to you again later. Me too. Anytime. Thanks so much, Anouk. Thank you. I'm so glad you joined me today and took that time out of your intense life to focus on finding a new way to parent that works for you and your kids. To get the episodes as soon as they drop, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And please leave a rating and review so other parents can find it too. Also, check out all the free resources on my website at familymoments.ca so you can take action on what's the most important for you right now. And take a deep breath, keep going, we're all in this together.